And away we go. It is the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail, right here on BearcatJournal.com. It is the final Holy Grail watch party of the football season. Saturday, 11 a.m., get to the Grail. Get ready for the Bearcats taking on the Louisville Cardinals, the Keg and Nails on the line at the Holy Grail, 11 a.m. They will be open. They will be ready. And uh, we will watch as Cincinnati takes on Louisville in Boston for the Keg and Nails. And uh, excited to see everyone join us there. And then I'm going to head out at some point in time and uh, head to Fifth Third Arena and cover a basketball game uh, because LaSalle apparently can't change their travel plans uh, to accommodate the fact that UC has a football game at the same time. So, yeah. (laughs) All right, Dave, let's get it going. I'm Chad Brendel. He's Dave Simone. Got you got a lot to live up to, Dave. Bergie Knights last night. Oh, how was that? It was good. He, he when he does these, he just pops in like he'll he like he always manages to hit me up like three minutes before we go live. Like, hey, are you guys talking some basketball tonight? I want to talk basketball. Like, all right, brother. Um, <laughs> well, it, was, it was a good uh, good one to talk about. Yeah, we we didn't talk much about Miami. He just had general. There's your cat. As soon as as soon as we go live, the cat knows it's time. What do you She's know? Like, oh, the show started. Mm-hmm. Time for me to get my shine. Get my um, screen time. He 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 had a lot of just uh, you know team stuff he wanted to talk about. So we went for like a half hour last night. And uh, nice, nice. Yeah. So it was good though. It was good. Uh, so you can catch that. You can find that. Uh, on the YouTube page. Uh, so how you been? This week was a little less chaotic than the last one. Yeah. Good, good. good. Yeah, of course. How'd the, uh, how'd the brunch go? Brunch was good. Brunch was good. You know, got one more, I guess. I don't know. We haven't really discussed if if this was going to continue <laughs> after the bowl game or not. So I guess that's a conversation we we need to have at some you probably point. should have that, yeah. You and Jeff should probably decide whether or not and and the and the the sponsor should probably yes. decide if you're gonna continue for sure, on. But for sure. Uh pickle is ready for showtime, not pickles. Yes. Pickle. She is. She's here, ready to go. <laughs> UCF superfan, Steven, Carters, what's going on? Good to see everybody uh, as we get started. Where, where do you want to start? you want to start football? you want to start, well, start basketball? It was the, the thing that just happened. So I'm sure right. you and Berg touched on a lot. Yeah, but like I said, we didn't get to a whole lot of the game last night. I've got dog problems tonight. I'm about to strangle both of them. So <laughs> if you hear them fighting back and forth, we bought the 30-pound dog a dog bed. And uh, the 75-pound dog thinks that it's his, even though he doesn't fit in it. Um, He laid down in it when we first brought it home, Dave. It was just his back half. The entire front half of him was on the hardwood floor. Oh. Whoa. What's going on? I don't know. 
There we go. I don't We're back. We're back. That's weird. I did not do that, and Aaron was not here. I didn't do I didn't it. Even, I didn't even have that page up. <laughs> Any rumors on an OC? Dustin, if there's rumors on stuff like that, it will be discussed on BearcatJournal.com. Uh, but right now, no. I think everybody wants to get through this weekend and get the official like end of the Fickle era and the start of the Satterfield era. My guess is uh, he he's working on things, uh, Scott Satterfield, and and I do think we'll 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 have a strength coach in short order. Um, there is a name that has been discussed there on the message boards. So if you want to get an idea of who that's going to be, uh, BearcatJournal.com is the place for you. But Dave wants to talk basketball, so we'll talk basketball. Dave, this is a team that has scored 50 points, three consecutive halves. It is a team that has scored 49 or more points, seven, seven and a half, seven times this season. I believe that they did that three times all of last year. Um, it is a team that we know, especially without John Newman and Rob Fennessy, they are going to be challenged defensively. And if you're going to be challenged defensively, guess what? Go out and put up a shit ton of points, right? Yeah, they ran the make shots offense. Uh, Miami doesn't really care or isn't very good at defense. Uh, they made it very good. They made a bunch of shots that, you know, I don't know how, how repeatable they are, but for one night, it was uh, fun to watch. You know, you, you have uh, the best offensive efficiency. The program has had in a game since the 01-02 season. 1.5? For 151.4 for every 100 possessions. Yes, and the 73% effective field goal percentage, which was their second best. Uh, in That's the, good. In the Ken Palm era. So, yeah, those, those it's tough to lose. If you do that on the offensive side of the floor. Uh, well, David DeJulius and Landers Nolly were both super efficient. Um, they, they moved the ball well. They shared the ball well. This is still a team that's going to play quite a bit in isolation. Um, but what they're doing now, like even on some plays that aren't, that don't go down in the textbook, or in the scorebook as assists, they're moving it and getting Nolly and and DeJulius playing downhill a little bit more, playing on the move instead of just passing it to one of them standing still. <clears throat> and then they dribble, 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 dribble shot. Like yeah. that is, it, we're seeing less and less of that into the in the offense. Yeah, I, think I still think part of it is opponent. Uh, driven. You know, but yeah, they, I mean, are they going to be able to do that against Houston? Probably not, but... But they're not going to... I mean, realistically, like, they're not going to play many great defensive teams. No, Houston's going to be really good. Memphis is going to be really good. The rest of the way. Um, but no, if you're... You have some guys now that can... can get you out of funks, can carry you a little bit on the offensive end that they just haven't had over the last few seasons and you know, you have some guys that can get their own shots. You have some guys that can make tough shots. I mean, last night there, I mean, again, 
how repeatable is it? But both Landers and Dave made some shots that you're just like, man, you've really got it going tonight if the if those are going in. So but it's you know, it's a confidence thing, it's a efficiency thing, you know. You just have more options, just you don't need you know Dave to have the greatest game like you did last year to have a right. chance to, to beat anybody we saw down the stretch. I mean, yeah, down the stretch last year, if he didn't have a great game, they weren't beating anybody. <laughs> so they couldn't win an inner squad scrimmage last year. <laughs> yeah, so you have you know him, Landers, Vic is playing well. I think Mike is playing well. Um, and and so you kind of just have to roll offensively because I don't think defensively without Newman and and Fennessey that they're that they're going to be that good. They just don't have enough guys that really lock in on that end of the floor. So you kind of have to do it with offense, with turnovers, with fast break stuff like that. Uh, to make up for the fact that you're probably not a great overall defensive team right now. So Wes looked different last night, coached different last night. And in the post game, his message was a lot different. And I'm curious as to your opinion on the fact. I didn't hear his post game. So what was I'm going to tell you right now. All right. His message was different in that his message was, I'm done asking. Like, I'm done asking guys to to do this. Like, Right, you either do it or you don't. And if you don't, I'll find somebody else who will. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it had anything to do with the million-dollar raise, UCF Superfan. I think it had to do with they lost to Xavier, and they didn't win the two important games in Maui. And they lost to NKU. And if this team is going to figure it out, it has to be now. They have two more bye games and then conference play. And if you have a nine and nine, eight and ten season in the American this year, oof, things are not gonna be not gonna be good going into the Big 12 uh next season. The revamped roster or not, like there's no momentum there. Like, would you agree this is a team that needs to have a 11, 12 win season in conference days? Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I, Memphis might be better than we thought. But, I mean, outside of them in Houston, it's not good. So, What's if you're Lane done so far? Hold on, I'll tell you. Uh, six and three. Um, Let's see. Where did that start? Uh, where are the losses? Lost to Nevada. That's not a good Nevada team. Lost to Western Kentucky, who got beat by Louisville, and then lost to Fordham. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I had high hopes. I had high hopes for this Tulane team. It's not looking good for for Ron Hunter in year three. UCF is off to a decent start. Um, 
So yeah, um, it's 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 Memphis and Houston, and we'll see with Memphis. Like they've they've done some of this before. Maybe they got things figured out after the uh, some of the poison was removed from the roster from last year. Uh, but but the reality is, you got to be able to go in this league when you're your nine home games or at least eight, seven or eight of your home games and go get five wins on the road, like 11 or 12 wins. I think there's not more. There's, there's only two teams that are as talented or more talented than this UC team. Right. So, but I like the message. I like that. He was a little bit more fired up last night. I like that. He was getting into guys a little bit more. Nolly, Ed. Nolly. Uh, I like that he was a little bit more animated. That he, you know, look, I'm done asking. I love it. Uh, and and I don't agree, Joe. I've heard this a couple times. A, a light switch was flipped after the second half of the shootout. They, they like I said, this is the, the sixth and seventh halves they've had this season at 49 points or more. The talent, the, like the the ability to put up big numbers offensively, has been there. We don't know if the consistency is where it needs to be. Um, But we do know that, like, if they share the ball, if the ball moves, if there's flow, they can be really good offensively. Um, Yeah, we've just – we've kind of have fluctuated between really good and and pretty bad – so I'm waiting to see like what happens when it's just okay. Like when it settles in. Landers is either like really on or non-existent. And Dave yeah. is not as much like that, but he, you know, he's he had that he's had those moments. They're I think they're fewer. But like you know, when you get into conference play and you go on the road, and yes, we don't think these teams are very good, but you know, Who's but you have to play well still. Who's UC's good win? So, like, if we say that, you know, about them, then I'm sure they can say that about us, and you still have to play well. And, you know, what happens when you're, you know, when you're not running at 100, but you're not also running at 50? Like, can you grind out some wins when the offense is just okay? Not great, yeah. but not terrible either. Well, because guess what? This isn't a team defensively that's holding anybody to 56 points. Right. So most nights you're going to have to be in the upper 60s, 70s to get a win. And I think there's, there's like you said, there's going to be some of that that we're going to deal with. But, like, what happens when those 50-point halves become 37-point yeah. halves? 37, 38. Can so you then win? you're at 73. Yeah. Can you win a game 71, 66? Not necessarily 83, you know, 70. Yeah. But I like the tempo. Uh, I like, you know, the the way the guys have been trying to, to push the ball and get out. <laughs> the thing with that, of course, is you got to get stops in order to run, or at least um, at, at least to be consistent running the ball. How much of this defense is personnel or scheme? How do you know? 
I think it's all personnel. Your two best defenders are out. Like if you're two best, if you have two really high level defenders and you can't guard, then you can question the scheme. But if you've got a bunch of guys that are more offensive centric and you don't have any rim protection, you don't have your wing stopper, you don't have your point guard, you know, your your ball handling on ball, you know, defender in fantasy. How do you know if it's scheme related? Because you don't have the players that are good on defense available right now. And you don't have anybody at the back end that can erase mistakes, right? Like I I would I would guess Wes would give his left arm to have like an Abdullah Doe on this team. Because if you could pair him with Vic and you know get 22 minutes out of Vic and 18 minutes out of Abdul, you'd have a pretty damn good one-two combo in the middle. But as it stands, they don't have, you know, a shot blocking five right now. Um, so we don't know. Struggle yeah. on interior defense. They struggle on all defense. All John. defense. I just all think defense. Just all not a, a non, they're not a collective group of really great defensive players. Um, no. You know, you can get away. You know, you've seen in Nick's old days, not everybody on the team was great defensive player, but you had three or four that were, and you can cover up for inefficiencies when that's the case. It's just now it's just they're just not – you know, I think being a not a great rebounding team also plays into that because you're just extending your defensive sets. So you do a good job on defense, but then you give up an offensive rebound. Yeah, so uh, let's be honest. It's not like this defense was great when Rob was playing. Did Rob guard all five people? His defense was great. He did what was asked of him. Far more. Go back and watch when Rob was playing his defense. Like that's just. They don't have the dudes. my patience every they, week. Arquette. They don't have the dudes <laughs> to play great defense, possession in, possession out. Like, it's just not who they are. Like I said, if you had Rob and you had John Newman, and you could say, okay, Rob, you take the point guard. John, you take the best scorer on the wing. You're going to impact the opponent's defense. If you only have one of those guys on available – then the point guard just throws the ball to the four that's being guarded by Jeremiah and scores. What, Rob doesn't have anything to do with that. No. <laughs> I think Bearcat 12 just trolls me now, Dave. I think he like I think he's figured out what get like what gets under my skin, that and then he Kathy, just comes in and does that. Kathy changed your screen name. Yeah, Kathy might have changed her screen name to Bearcat 12. That's a good point. Um Let's see. Will Rob come back this season? That's the plan. As long as his foot heals. Uh, broken bones in your foot. Not great for basketball players. Not not a great basketball player injury. Uh, very difficult to, to bounce back from uh, quickly. So the plan is, hopefully, to get him back. He's still basically on a cast. In a cast and on crutches. So... Not great right now. Uh, UCF Superfan. We've spent all the past few decades knowing worst case scenario, UC defense would keep them in the game. This is hard to watch at times. 
It's what happens when your roster is gutted four years in a row. Yeah, defense is a lot of continuity, continuity. and understanding where guys are going to be and you know how you play certain screens and and you know it's a it, it's tough i mean as tough offensively like you know where guys like the you know what they like to do but yeah i mean look the, the really good teams that are really good defensively aren't a bunch of like freshmen or new pieces like the really really good defensive teams are made up of, of vets that have been playing together and playing at this level or at a certain level for two, three, four years. Yeah. Or even just had that one full year together and then they go into the second season and now it's kind of connected. And like Man, I said, you, just the have, biggest... you have, you just have more offensive minded guys. Like, yeah. You know, Mick, well, recruited, Mick recruited more defensive-minded guys, and we saw what that did and what that didn't do. And these are more offensive-minded. Like, Dave, Landers, Vic, JD, like, those are offensive-minded players. And no matter what you do and no matter how much you drill down and how much you emphasize it, like, they're still going to look at the game from a more offensive, you know, driven angle. Centric. And how they feel like they can best help the team win is by being good players offensively. Now, they're not all, you know, negatives defensively, but you're, you're no player is like 50-50 offense-defense. Like, well, neither. the higher you get up the rankings, the better chance you have right, but of guys being better at both. <laughs> but the way their mind works and, like, the way they – yeah, play the game, you know. Um, but also, for 30 years, we've also spent every minute of the past 30 years wondering what it would look like to be good on offense. <laughs> right? right. Everybody. I want a more fun brand of basketball. Why don't they run more? Why don't they do? Why are, why are they so slow? Why is it so boring? Um, well, and now winning, you're getting a little bit more <laughs> offense. I get, yeah, maybe I'm the contrarian. Winning's never boring. I agree, but from a fan perspective, you know there were people that wanted things to be a little bit more aesthetically pleasing. Right. I, I'm with you. Winning is hard, but there also, but there are also people that will say, and it's proven out for the oh. most part for a long time. Great defense takes you so far. So, exactly. You can't win a national championship. You can't go to the Final Four unless you happen to be Virginia one time. You know, one time. Insanely efficient. Who was still good offensively, right? It wasn't yeah. like they were bad. But, yes, I agree. Like, the higher level competition, the, you know, the less likely it is that you're going to keep advancing in a tournament format playing games in the 50s and 60s. What did we find out with Hugs and with Mick pretty much every year? That elite defense eventually goes up some against a team or a, a couple guys. That the defense doesn't matter. They get buckets. Well, it's not even right? that the defense doesn't matter. It's that you're playing a such a better offense that your poor offense can't keep up. Even though you might hold them 
10, 15 points below what everybody else is holding them to, your offense isn't good enough to make up for that. Right. So they they score they average 85, they score 76, but you only get 68. Like, yeah, you lose. What what's been the difference this year, Dave, in in, in the games that they played well offensively? They just have a couple guys that even if the defense is pretty good, can put the ball in the basket. Now, you were joking about that with me from last night. Like, there, there was a play that, that Landers pump faked. The guy didn't bite on the pump fake. He was right there, hand up, contesting. And Landers was just like, all right, shoot it anyway. <laughs> uh, what's the word on the Juco visit? Uh, haven't heard from him yet. He's traveling. Uh, are Jizzle and Rayvon plus defenders? They can't, they, they can be, I think they will be. Um, Jizzle has that kind of aggressive defense first mentality, uh, that Wes wants in his point guards. Um, so I think he, he's going to be a, a plus defender as he adjusts to college and then Ray's six, seven long, like he should be a good defense. If he buys in and does what's asked of him. He should be a good defender in college. Um, I want to ask you this. I think his length and his athleticism gives him a good starting point. Sure. That's that. I mean, that's what you have to have to start. If you're going to be a really good perimeter defender. Um, I feel like Dave is going to be an all-time underappreciated Bearcat. We'll miss him when he's gone. Absolutely. I've got a somebody brought this up. We talked about it a little bit uh, on the BBP on Monday night, Dave. I'm I'm interested in your opinion. Okay. Does Dave remind you at all of Deontay Vaughn? Well, I was just going to say, like he definitely Deontay Vaughn comes to my mind as like someone that we clearly don't talk about enough in like the I don't want to in the annals of like modern era UC basketball players. Like he was so good compared comparatively to his surroundings at a time when not only like his own team, but the competition was a ridiculous thing for him to have to go up against given what he had to work with. Yeah. I, the problem obviously being they just lost so much. And he didn't make the tournament. No, yeah. Like, I think that's why we don't talk about him as much as we should talk about him. Um, But I, I do think there's, you know, there's a comparison there. Where Dave kind of gets and and to be honest though, the thing with Dave is Dave has made pretty steady and and almost drastic improvement in each of the last two years. Yeah, I mean he's shooting almost fifty percent from the floor. Yeah, and he takes a lot of the worst shots in basketball. <laughs> that step back is a terrible shot every time, and it goes in. Feels like more than half the time. So, yeah. Jizzle <clears throat> um, has been playing well. 
Where is that version of uh, West from last night been? I don't know. I mean, I think it's an interesting, it's an interesting, I, you know, I think he felt like he had a team of good guys, a, a team that he liked, a team that he maybe thought he didn't have to ride as hard. Uh, and maybe that first half against Xavier just made him say, you know what? What I'm doing, you know, ha- that style hasn't been working, and maybe it's it's time for me to to be on these guys' ass a little bit. I think it was interesting. He felt like uh, they didn't have a good practice on Tuesday. Felt that they had a really good practice on Monday. Didn't have a good practice on Tuesday. I wonder how much of it was was that. Like you know, we're we're not we're not bringing it every day. So if somebody has to turn, if they're not going to turn up the intensity every day, then maybe I have to. Well, I think it's just you know, teams progress at different rates during the season, and I think a coach certainly can as well. And you know, like you said, I'm done. You know, him saying I'm done asking. Like at a certain point you realize that the options might not be as good, but I'm just tired of doing it this way. And it's not going to be on me anymore. It's going to be on them. And so by, you know, by doing that, you put it on the onus on the players. Like you say, we've talked about this. How many times I'm done talking about it. If you want to do it, Great. There'll be minutes for you. If you don't, I'll find someone who will. We'll I also think, like, and this goes to the folks that, you know, want to gut the roster every offseason. They want to, they, like, it's a, like it's a video game, right? Keep the, keep the best three or four players, get rid of the other nine guys, uh, and go to the transfer portal and start over again. When you gut your roster every year, you know what you have to do? When you when you turn over over half of your roster every year, you then have to learn how to coach that team all over again, right? Yeah. If you're returning eight, nine guys every year, they know what it takes, and they bring the others up to speed themselves. If you're only returning four, five, six guys every year, it's difficult, man. It is difficult. Yeah, you have to learn what buttons to push. What what what, what, guy, what guys can and can't do. I mean, in the offseason, yeah. leading into the season, we talked about Kalu Zekpe and the potential that he has. And is he a starter? Is he a six to eight rebound a game guy? Well, we've found out that that's to this point is certainly not the case. Right. So you want to just do that every year? You want to come into the season not knowing if two thirds of your roster can play at this level, it's 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 just a terrible way to do it. It's a terrible way to build any continuity, and maybe you strike lightning in a bottle and you figure that team out uh, right away. But the odds are against you, right? The odds are absolutely against you that you're going to get it right every time. And and it and it takes it takes some building, it takes some learning, it takes some understanding, and that that doesn't come easy. 
Uh, Josh Reed is going to be good. I agree. I have said I believe Josh Reed will score a thousand points uh, as a Bearcat. I don't like the Bishop comparison just because I, I and somebody made it today on the board. The only reason I don't like it, um, and I understand it, they're similar, similar size. Their build is a little bit similar. Josh is probably a little bit thicker, at least early in his career. Rashad Bishop was an elite lateral athlete. Like, might not have been the bounciest guy on the planet, but the way he moved and the way he could stay with the guy defensively against the, the, the elite of the elite, like at the, at the height of the Big East, like that dude was, was special in that regard. Like, that, that's just not something that Josh has in him. He's going to have to do it a little differently. But I'm a huge Josh Reed guy. Uh, and I don't care about the court UCF super fan. It's where they play basketball. As long as it's not ugly, I don't care. <laughs> um, at what point will we have Davenport coming off the bench? It's long overdue. Greg, did you pay attention yesterday? He played about 90 seconds in the first half, came off the floor. And then he played about 90 seconds to start the second half and came off the floor. I think with Jeremiah, remember, this is a guy that has started, I believe, yesterday was his 45th consecutive start here. He's a local kid. I am guessing starting the game means something to him. And if you take that away from him, you very, very really take the chance of losing it, right? Yeah, I think that's the thing. Is like we as fans just think, oh, well, he's not. This person's not playing good. Start somebody else, and you know, in some cases that may work, but in other cases, it's not only what does it do to that player. What you know is the person you're putting in is is he best suited to start a game, or is he best suited to kind of see how a game progresses? What does that do to the rest of the like? There's just so many different things that go into the decision of like this guy's been a starter and now he's not going to be a starter anymore. Yeah, I don't, like minutes are minutes to me when it matters the most. Like, great, you started the game. You know, were you in the game when we needed a stop, or were you in the game when? We had to get a. We had to have a basket. Like that's more of what I'm interested in. Is like who are the in the you know as conference season starts and games get closer, and each possession is magnified. Like I mean, it didn't matter who fucking played last night. <laughs> like I mean, come on. Right. So like you know when you play conference teams when you play on the road, who is. Yeah, you might start, and then those are the only minutes you play in the first half. That tells me more than that you started or not. Or it's a four-point game at the last media timeout at Temple in in whatever, two weeks, three weeks. Who's on the floor then? That that's I'm way, way more interested in that. Yeah, and and I think maybe like here's what I think here's what you have to ask yourself on that question, Greg. Maybe Wes went to Jeremiah and said, "Look, we need you to do. We need you to change 
what your role has been in your first three years as a Bearcat, right? Like, in your first three years as a Bearcat, we have desperately needed you to be a guy that takes a bunch of shots and gives us whatever offense you can give us. Like, we have to have that. Now you've got, he's at least, what, fourth? On the yeah. uh, I mean, the offense list? He doesn't need to be a volume shooter in that we hope that he has one of his hot games. But if he's not going to change that mindset, then he's not going to see the same amount of minutes. Right. So you say, look, here's what I'm asking you to do. Be more of a rhythm guy. Be more of a flow guy. Be a guy that, that hits those spot-up threes. Be a guy that makes plays. Um like he did the extra pass to Josh Reed last night, where he he very easily could have taken that shot. He was pretty open. There was a guy that was had the ability to close on him and make it a contested shot at least. But instead, caught the pass, hesitated, made the defender commit, kicked it to Josh Reed in the corner, wide open corner three, bang. So I think there's a place where if you're West, you say – Let's give and take a little bit here. You you want to start? Okay. But if you start, we're going to bring you out fairly quick and get Odie in there. I mean, I think and there's as, a place. As long as you do the things that we're asking you to do in your new role, we can let you keep that, that starting piece. For sure. I think that's I mean, okay. That's coaching, right? Yeah. It is, if good coaching to me is laying out why you want someone to do something not just tell them but like why and highlight the things that they do well and how they can help the team by doing and saying like i think you're capable of doing these things xyz whatever it is and that's going to help us and if that person does not want to do those things then that's on them right and then and then then you know then i'm not going to play you just because you want to be a starter and you have been a starter. Right. But if you're going to do the things that I ask of you in a, in a reduced minutes role, he was under 20 minutes last night, which is very much a reduced role for Jeremiah Davenport from what he's been here. He did the right things. He did what was asked of him and it was effective. And if that continues, then I think you're in a good place with Jeremiah Davenport. If he wants to go back to what we saw in the beginning of the Crosstown shootout where he takes three bad shots in the opening possession, in the opening segment, and those three bad shots are the direct, like, connection to a 13-1 to uh, hole at the first media timeout, can't play you. I can't play you. If that's, if that's what you're going to do and you're going to go outside the system, I can't play you. But if you want to play inside the system and do what I ask, we have a role for you. And I don't agree that it has to be in short spurts, very short spurts. As long as he's doing what's being asked of him, yeah, you can play him in three, four, five-minute stretches. Now, is he is he capable of doing that for that long of a stretch? That's the question. And that's the question with a lot of guys. Like A lot of guys can play good defense for a minute. Can they play good defense for a segment? You know, things of that nature. 
Yeah, and, and it'll be, can you do it over multiple games? Because what we've seen, like Arizona, I thought he played his role really well. And then against Ohio State, he was bad. And then against Louisville, he played his role really well. And then against NJIT, he was bad. And then he was good against Bryant. And he was bad against Xavier. And he, now he's been good against uh, Miami last night. He's got to start stacking games where he's playing well in his role. It can't just be, okay, I did it last game. Now I'm going to go get mine. Like If, if you're going to be a leader, if you're going to be a team guy, which he is, then it's time to, to realize as a senior, you have a very important role. It's just not the role that you had before because the roster changed. Uh, how many guys on this current roster are gone after this season? Uh, for sure, Ezekpe, Fennessey, DeJulius, and... Um, who am I missing? Newman. 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 Yeah. And yeah. So those are those are the four that are gone for sure. And then Odie, JD, um, Landers, Landers, Micah. and uh, Micah have COVID years. So yeah. So so we should bench him every other game. So far, that's been the pattern. <laughs> so far, that's been the pattern. Uh, John, I think Dave is in your boat. Yes. Am I the only one who doesn't care who plays? I just <laughs> want to win. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it's, I think it's fair to discuss, like, there have been times where JD has, has been. It's worth discussing because we know he can be a really valuable, important part of the team, but right. the team is not. The team might be better, and the individual pieces might be better than last year, but the team is not going to be better on the whole if he is not playing at, a, at whatever his high level is. Right. Uh, you, I think that if Newman doesn't play this year, I think he would have the option to get a redshirt year, uh, but would he? I mean – Six years in college. Look, some guys. I didn't even spend six years in college. Close. You were close. I was. Well, count my high, even higher education. I, I was over, but my, under, <laughs> my undergrad. Right, your undergrad was, was close. Yes. Um, I think he could, but I, I think he's gonna. He's already off the uh, crutches. Uh, I think there's a. Uh, a chance that we see him like it's it's going to be at least another month or so he just got off the crutches but we're going to see him back in conference play um Nas spent 12 seasons in college it did feel like nice year bro he's still playing in college isn't he no am i wrong on that he's got to be done he's got to be done now i think he is done I think he is done. I think last year was, uh, but I mean, Greg, I've graduated twice. Thank you very much. Yeah. Last year, he, he played last year at Ole Miss and that was his final. Uh, he played 16, 17, 17, 18, 18, 19. Sat, sat out 19, 20. Yeah. So he took the six year plan. He got the COVID. Yeah, the COVID sat out, then plan. went to Miami, then went to Ole Miss. Yeah. 
love Nas. Good dude. Good dude. Um, I don't have I don't have a ton else on basketball. Uh, I, you got to finish. You got to get these next two games uh, before we hit Christmas, and then be ready for conference play. And and can't lay a stinker. You you've got Tulane at home coming out of the break. You got to get off on the right foot. Have to. I know. I know. We will have more shows between now and then, but I'm really. Not saying only looking to the Wichita State game, but I really, really, really want to end playing them with never losing to Wichita at, State. At, well, no, at Coke Arena. Yeah. Well, they've only won once, right? They won the year at when we played at NKU. At NKU. In that yeah, crazy, crazy the, high score. Yeah. That, that's the I, only time they've beaten Cincinnati since they came into the league. That was our best team too, but that's when they had a really good team. Also, yeah, they had Shamit and yep, mm-hmm. yep, they were really good. But yeah, I mean, for the uh, intimidating place that it is, or supposedly is, would be pretty hilarious if we never lost there. Uh, Greg says he talked to Newman last night. I'll be back before we play Houston. Look, I'm sure he believes that. Or wants to believe that, that's not up to him. <laughs> Dave, is that Wichita Twitter account been in your mentions yet? No. Yes. It, it's like every six months he just shows up for no reason at all. <laughs> and, you know, if we win, obviously he's not going to show up. If we lose, I guarantee you the guy Wichita will... has to be regretting the move to this conference at this point. Sure. But with a little patience, they will be back to being... One of the best teams in the American Athletic. Did we really? Oh, so someone said we lost in the COVID year. Oh, well. Oh, I forgot that year. Yeah, I certainly did too. I thought we won. I I could swore we and lost there, but um, wasn't that the game? Greg Marshall and his wife got kicked out. Yes. Yes. Was. The game at mm-hmm. NKU. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wife and daughter kicked out and told never to come back to uh, a game in Cincinnati. Now that's not a problem. Yeah, I, I couldn't tell you a single, I don't think I could tell you a single result from 2020. <laughs> I've erased that year from my memory completely. Yeah. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's transition over to a little football. As we are two days away, like 36 hours away, it's only 30, 40 hours away at this point. Right. From kickoff in Boston for the Fenway Bowl. Uh, give me your give me your Louisville breakdown, Dave. What do we know about the Cardinals? Well, I know that Malik Cunningham's not playing. We do know that. I did see I also that, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. I also know that their uh, second leading running back rusher uh, has is not playing. Tyon William or Tyon Evans has declared for the NFL draft. Yeah. Uh, their leading receiver Tyler Hudson, leading receiver by a lot from a catches and yard standpoint, is not playing. Uh, so, you know, we're in a very very similar boat without. Ben Bryant without Tyler Scott, Trey Tucker, Lenny Taylor, Josh Wiley, 
you know. Uh, <laughs> so there's that. It seems both teams have pretty much. I mean, I, I don't know about Louisville's, you know, their depth and things of that nature, but it seems that both teams' defenses have the vast majority of, intact, of their yeah. key guys. It's more of an offensive thing. Um, so I have no idea. I, I feel like Carey has handled this buildup quite well, kept the interest, kept, um, you know, very similar amount of passion. And, you know, they're not – I definitely don't think they're looking at this as like a whatever, let's just get the season over with type of a situation. Right. Now, doesn't mean they're going to win. Um but, you know, as bad as things are for UC from a coaching standpoint, I was just looking at Louisville's current coaching they have three situation. Coaches. They have three coaches. Yes, they have a uh, outside linebackers coach, a defensive line coach, and a tight ends coach. And then they and have, they have uh, a senior quality control specialist. They have an offensive quality control and a quality control offense listed. So, you know, who knows how that's going to go for them as far as, you know, I don't know what they're dealing, what they're kind of going through coaching wise, game planning wise, just general mentality wise. Like, I don't care. I'm not paying attention to that. I find it hard to believe that Dion Branch has them in the same frame of mind that Kerry Combs has the Bearcats. Um, but as to as far as to say, like truly break it down and give some sort of prediction, I, I mean, it would be based off of hardly anything. It would be based off of UC's had a much better defense than Louisville all year. And uh, while UC has some, some obvious key players out, um, I think the guys that Louisville has out are much more impactful, um, especially when you look at what Malik Cunningham can do when healthy and really in their passing game. I mean, Tyler Hudson had twice as many catches as, the, as their number two uh, receiver and over twice as many yards. Yeah. Every national pundit prediction I see has us getting whooped. I haven't seen any, so I I, I don't know. I, I can't. I, I mean, I don't know what that's based off of. But uh, who are the receivers going to be for UC? Blue Smith, Chris Scott, Will Pauling, Drew Donnelly will be definitely in the mix. Uh, Wyatt Fisher, I'm sure we'll we'll get some run. Maybe we get the Wyatt Fisher game. Quincy Burrows. After- Quincy Burroughs has gotten a lot of snaps uh, with the twos. Shaman will be involved. Um, So there's still a decent amount of talent. And, you know, these are the guys that Evan is kind of used, more used to throwing to than he was the first team guys. Um, Will that matter? Probably not. But, uh, you know, these these are most of the guys that Evan threw to, you know, in practice throughout the season. So, um. Yeah. 
How many RBIs do you expect expect from Prater? <laughs> oh boy. Uh Chuck could play a little bit of wide receiver. Um, if needed. I mean, I don't, would you rather I, I think Monty would be better suited for that role, don't you, Dave? Uh, in the slot. They're, yeah, they're they're different, I guess. Yeah. Monty's done it a little bit more like in space. I think, mm -hmm. but either one I think could help you there if absolutely necessary. Um, look, here's the other thing I'm going to warn you guys right now. You're probably not going to know who anybody is. <laughs> they have changed. Almost everybody has changed their number going into this bowl game. Great. Yeah. Why? I guess because why not? They can, because they can. <laughs> Luke's gone. Like, you know, Carrie. I guess Carrie was probably just like, look, is, are you staying? I don't care what you wear. Yeah, are you gonna like, play? Are you gonna play and wear whatever number you want? Right. It just I don't care. Isn't that how you lay claim though for next year to make sure that you are the one who gets that number? I mean, I I get it. I mean, partially, yeah. Partially, yeah. I, I wore it in the bowl game. That's my number now. Exactly. Fight and, me for and, it. And guess what? If you went into Carrie's office and said, either I'm wearing this or I'm not playing, the answer is going to be wear whatever you want, son. <laughs> wear whatever you want, son. Um. So, yeah. I don't – like, practice was a challenge trying to figure out. We spent – Well, who are some of the – what are some of the number changes? I don't have them all off the top of my head. Chris no. Scott is eight now. Um, Armorion Smith was six. Uh, we, it's, we spent a day, like almost a full day, trying to figure out if Armorion was there or not because he had on six. And I guess, you know, in your brain, it's just like, well, that's JQ. And then you're like, well, no, that's not JQ. Right. Like, um, well, I'm sure once you hit someone late, then you realized it was... Oh, Amoria! Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a bunch. And it was it was tough to keep up with. Um, Mateo changed numbers. Can't remember what number he was. He might have been seven. Yeah. I thought I saw him like a, one of the videos. It looked like he was something else. Yeah. Uh, they, they're all... I know you guys were talking about um, the spread and over-under and all that. Or, or at least in the, in the chat here, uh, did want to update. According to ESPN, the spread is now Louisville minus two. Um, the over-under is 40 on the game. <laughs> and uh, ESPN's matchup predictor gives Cincinnati a 44.6% chance to win this game. It's a coin. Have, you, have you seen the forecast? Um, I don't know no. if that's on here or not. Snow and rain in the morning, which kickoff is in the morning. Uh, and then winds, uh, sustained winds of 15 to 25 miles an hour. They're also saying partly cloudy, 39 degrees. So, yeah. You sustained think that over are... under? You think that over under is low? Wait till you see the Kentucky, Kentucky Iowa. Iowa. I think it's 31. I, I, yeah, it was 30. It's the lowest. Is the lowest Division One over under? I think in uh, in history. Hammer the over? I would not hammer the over, Bearcat 12. Life, life's too short to bet the under. Life is too short to bet the under, but I 
you think these two teams as currently constructed can combine for 40 points? Uh, no. Me either. <laughs> Me either. Read option all game. Yeah, it's – this. I mean, this might – Pickle, what's up? You got some thoughts, Pickle? She's like, leave she's me alone, Dad. She's obviously going with the Bearcats. I mean, yeah. Um, Co knew what he was doing. <laughs> I'm not kicking in Fenway Park. Get out of here. <laughs> Lost your mind. Um, thoughts on JQ to Kentucky, Dave? I don't care. <laughs> like, I I said it on the like. I, I don't I don't mean to be flippant. I'm sure there are people that are interested in where guys are going to transfer to. I literally could not care less. Look, I like JQ a lot. I, I think JQ is a talented kid. If you're gonna get in your feels because you got beat out, I don't the only, the only thing like, I care about cared about for him specifically was I hoped he went to Tennessee because we need some corners. Shep beat him out for the job. Like that's it is what it is, right? Like you had a chance to win the job. You were given an equal opportunity in camp. And then a the guy stepped up and won the job and was first team all conference at that. Like and if it, you know, if he got paid, go get paid, young man. Go get paid. Like more power to you. But you're mad because you played special teams your freshman year at Cincinnati. Do you really, do you really want the list, JQ, of guys that spent their freshman year playing special teams under Luke Fickle? It's long. Kobe Bryant, Derek Forrest, Alec Pierce. We can keep going. Josh Wiley. Like, there's a lot of guys that are that are or will be making a lot of money that spent their first year playing special teams here. So, more power to him. I wish him well. He was a good kid. Didn't have any problems with him. I just think, you know, look around. There's a lot. There's a lot of guys that don't see a snap. I mean, Carrington, Val Carrington Valentine declared for the draft today. At, from Kentucky, so maybe he's going to slide right into his spot. And I don't think he looked ready when he got his chance. Like, he was out there a decent amount and wasn't great. Uh, okay, UCF Superfan. What do you want me to do with that? Kerry Combs. Live on Nesson at first intermission of Bruins game. It's going to be some hyped up people watching the Bruins. Oh, Dion Branch is on there too. Be ready to run through a wall listening to Carrie at halftime. <laughs> um, I mean, do you know anything uh, like actually about Louisville? Like, like, what do I, what could I know with besides all their good offensive players aren't playing just like us? What, what about their defense? Like you said, most of their defense is playing. Give me a little preview of their defense. Oh, they play a three down mainly, but with a lot more pressure than what UC does with theirs. Uh, so, you know, they were top 
three, I think, in the country in both sacks and tackles for loss. I'm sure they're just going to say screw it and go all out in this game. Pressure left and right. So how does UC handle that? Can they beat them with some of that? Um, you know, when you do that, you leave players in one-on-one coverage or mismatches in that regard. So, you know, we'll see. I think they've got a good, pretty good kicker. That's a, that's that, a question, that question, be a- question. We don't, you know, we're going from a really good kicker to a totally unknown now. Christian Lowry has, has got some kicks in. Gavor? Yes. How many of those did he make? Wasn't great. Although in a 25-mile-an-hour sustained winds at Fenway Park, kicker might not matter a whole lot. <laughs> no. But no, I think they'll do what they do. I mean, they'll they'll pressure. They'll try to get to, get to Evan, get in the backfield, and it'll be up to the line. Um, I thought I'd saw somewhere, I don't know if it was on the board or what, talking about James Tunstall not playing. He practiced. I think there was some thought on whether, like, he was going to play or not. Because I saw him, like, on the videos that they've put out the last practice. Yeah. Um, We'll see. I mean, my understanding is he was going to play. I know there was some thought on maybe – you know, sitting out and going to the draft, but I think a guy in his situation needs to put uh, needs to put some more tape out there as much as he can. Playing left tackle, uh, that's a good one. UCF super fan. Uh, are the foul poles considered field goal posts? Uh, <laughs> well, given the way that the st- the field is aligned, that would be difficult. Well, no, that's his whole point, Dave. Field goal kicking will be easy if the field goal posts are <laughs> the, the foul lines. I still wouldn't count on it. Well, then you'd have to kick it over the wall, right? Yeah. The wall is like in basically in one end zone, corner of one end zone. Yeah. So if you're going that way, and that was that was field goal range, you would have to kick it over the wall for it to be good. I'm going to... If you're going to play in a baseball stadium, shouldn't they do... like? Look, here's we'll paint the yellow lines where the field goal post should be, and you've got to kick it over the wall. <laughs> sure. Get the keg make and it, never get it back. Make exactly. it a total sideshow. Uh, but I, I will say the Bearcats win 23-20. Actually, I won't say 23-20. That means they made three field goals. Uh, yeah, that's not happening. I'll say they win 21-17. Okay. It's going to be low scoring. Without question, it's going to be low scoring. What's the uh, Simone family plan? Oh, there, there absolutely is none. You're just I'll watching be, it at the I'll house? I'll be watching it by myself on the couch. I didn't know if like, you're going to go over to mom's? or No, no. But will they be at the basketball game? I didn't see them in their, their spot were, yesterday. Uh, she is ill. Ah, that's not good. That's not good. So, yeah. So we're, we're trying to rest up for the big uh, Simone family Christmas Eve party. So, gotcha, gotcha. I doubt she will be at the game on Saturday. 
So we've got what? We've got uh, seven new members official on, well, eight members of Scott Satterfield's staff official. Uh, six of them, six of the 10 on field staffers, his chief of staff, and uh, one, uh, one recruiting um, staffer. Recruiting staffer, yeah. That is not already in house. Correct. Yeah. They have at least four of those guys, but. Uh, yeah. yeah. I think Ashley's still here. Yeah. So she would be five. Well, they yeah. only have one recruiting staffer in the building right now. Carter. Well, there's like copay and there's three other. Well, there's, yeah, there's part-time. Like, right. Yeah. They're like assistant, you know. Yeah. Yes. Um, go through that. Dude, this message board of ours is way too active anymore. Why? What's going on? Nothing. I just like, you got to scroll so far down to like find what you're looking for. We do for. need to have like a little refresher of like. Go ahead. Try to put, like, if you're going to post something about recruiting or the transfer portal. Please try to post it in the correct thread. Yeah. I know it, little... I know it can get there's a lot going on, but you know, if the guy is a high school recruit, let's keep it recruiting. If it's a transfer, let's keep it a transfer. And I know that you cannot be expected to dig through hundreds of message or hundreds of posts and whatnot. But like if you see a tweet about a guy doing something. And the tweet was from like an hour ago. It was probably already put in on the board. So let's try our best to not post things again and again and again that we think may have already been posted. Eh, post away. Do your thing. Just put it in the right thread. <laughs> well, you like the clicks. Yeah. I'm here for the clicks. I'm here for the news, and I, you know, don't need the news 17 times. The same news 17 times. People are trying to help, Dave. <laughs> they're, they're just trying to do their part as members of the community. I know, I know. Uh, has Dan Horde ever called a game at Fenway? I would guess he's called a AAA game. At, like, he was the voice of the Pawtucket Red Sox for a long time. So I would guess he's done some work at Fenway in some way, shape, or form. Uh, any chance the basketball game gets pushed back an hour or two? Uh, no. I asked that. UC apparently tried to work something out, and LaSalle is on a set travel schedule uh, and could not accommodate. So that was attempted by the athletic department, and LaSalle said, uh, sorry, cannot help you. Um, any thoughts on the offensive coordinator, Dave? I don't have any. Do you? Well, they are. They will have one. Any thoughts on it? No. no? <laughs> I, okay. I, I'm not. Anybody you'd like to see to be the offensive coordinator, Dave? What I about mean, the guy at Virginia Tech? His name has come up. He played at Appalachian State for Scott me, Satterfield. Me. Dave wants to be. I mean, you, have, have we? Have we seen Virginia Tech's offense lately? 
I mean, I guess this would be Scott Satterfield's offense and he's the play caller, but like, yeah, I'm not sure I want anybody from Virginia Tech offensively. UCF super fan. I really don't feel like logging in to the Twitter uh, interface to time you out for five minutes, but I will. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Damn it. Uh-oh. What happened? Pickles is about to get a friend, I think. Oh. No. You stay down. Um, what else you want to talk about? Do you got anything else? I don't have a ton tonight. I mean, I know it's a busy time. But I just, I don't know what else to say about the ball game. Okay. Did you, did you think? Virginia Tech, oh, Tyler Bowen. I guess that would solve the offensive coordinator slash tight end. Right. He could do both of thing. those. But, um, yeah, I don't know. Dave, are you covering golf now? You have been invited. Yes. That, we Martin. definitely need to talk about that. What, what's my budget for golf? Uh, you determine your budget. <laughs> if you like, if you show me you can make money covering golf, I will pay you extra to cover golf. Well, we'll have to just they see. should have a really good team, right? They they should have a good team. Uh, they're playing in some some good events in the spring. I would love to be able to head down to the uh, Colleton River Collegiate. In Bluffton, beautiful Bluffton, South Carolina, just outside of Hilton Head. Michigan State is the host team for that event, which is just odd. Weird but, as hell. Well, they're certainly Weird not going to host it. They're not going to host any events in East Lansing uh, in March. So, but yeah, uh, we need to get Coach Martin on the show. One. Oh, he would absolutely do that. He so would absolutely we, do that. We need to make that happen. Maybe that's a good thing to. To have happen uh, right before before their season starts. Absolutely. Uh, right after football's over and after the season starts. So yeah, I would I would love to uh, get, give the give our members some inside the ropes coverage. He's excited. I told him. I already like I had set him up for this. I told him you got a good team. Dave's gonna want to. Dave's gonna want to be around, like when possible. Yeah. On course. Reporting on course, like uh, like social media content. That's right. Interviews after after the round. You know. Yep. I'll see what we can do. I'll I'll cover some of your golf uh, expenses for travel, and then I'll send you some of the the bills for Kelly. Oh, okay, uh, sure. Those will go unpaid. <laughs> did i tell you what we like we got we got the uh like the hospital summary from october 1st to like november 30th sure of how was, much i'm sure it was a lot we, we it's can... dollars. that's a lot <laughs> do you have that cash on hand yeah i just paid it cash <laughs> 
anticipating cash. That was obviously before insurance. Right. But like that's, I mean, that is. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty penny. Um, but yeah, I would be thrilled if I, you know, obviously it's going to be hard to, you know, they're playing in like Puerto Rico. They're playing in South Carolina. It's like, you know, I would love to, to try to make it happen. We, we will see. But um, let's see if we can get you the team rate in South Carolina at the hotel. Yeah. If I come well, to the hotel. I have, I have a place to stay in South in Bluffton. Oh, well then what? You just need gas money? I'll I just, need to, gas get, money. I just need to get there. I mean, I'm not going to fly you there. But well, I'll give you be, some gas might money. might be cheaper. Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but uh, yeah. what, what were your thoughts? What were your thoughts on uh, the proposed Berkeley tax? Ten million. Was that a year? Whatever it's going to be, I think it's going to be a year. Like I saw that, like that as the it meeting could, was going on, two. it could be two. No, but that's the thing. Like as it was two to five. And then by the end of the meeting, it was 10. Like 10 wasn't even on the table at the beginning of the meeting. It was two to five. And by the time they got to the end of the meeting, it was 10. Still worth it. Oh, yeah. Like, absolutely. There's going to be a $70 million gap. What, I mean, what's, what's Cal going to do with an extra $10 million in athletics? Not spend it on football. And then I've, then I've heard that this might not be true, but that if the Pac-12 does expand, that they could be forced. That this whole like California um, region, University of California Universities Regents thing is just hilarious to me. That they might force them to take Fresno State, and you know if they if they wanted to add San Diego State, then they would force them to take Fresno State as well. And not somebody else because of them because of them being like a, a Cal a state school. Yeah. That's a that's a uh, university system. I'm glad I don't have to deal with. Like that yeah. just seems like a wild deal out there. There were protests. Yeah, like people people were getting arrested. Like. <laughs> You were like, you just want to go play in the Big Ten. Like, you're, like, what were you protesting? Like, were you protesting them leaving? Were you protesting like sports in general? Were you protesting, you know, I don't right. know. But I mean, they're always protesting something, but something, always. But um, I'm sure that I'm sure George has that media rights deal all ready to go now. Yeah. What's What's more funny, the the Berkeley tax, or him saying that Colorado hiring Dion? would have any impact on their multi-billion dollar television deal. That's a guy I think is unhinged. Like, like I really do. Like, whoever. Amazon, Jeff Bezos, ESPN. I don't even know who's running ESPN now. I know they brought back a guy, whatever. I don't know who does the negotiations, but they're like, well, Pac-12, we were going to give you $30 million a year or whatever, $300 million yeah. a year. But you hired Dion. So now we're going to give you $350 million a year. <laughs> because you hired a guy to take over a 1-11 football program yeah. that this TV contract might not even start 
by the time he, he might not even be there anymore. Like if Dion go if Dion goes from like one and eleven to six and six, and then goes from six and six to like eight and four or nine and three, do we really think he's gonna beat Colorado in three years? No. Or is he gonna be like Alabama when Saban retired? <laughs> <laughs> or Auburn when they fire yeah. Reverend Freeze. <laughs> NIL question. What's stopping us, Cincy Reigns, from going to area establishments, Skyline Roses, etc., having the option to add a dollar to your bill to support UC athletes, similar to how people used to drop a quarter in the sick kids trade at the register? Um, I don't even want to touch this one because I'm probably going to say something I shouldn't say. But 90% of the time when they ask you for those charity things, don't you do it just because, like, you feel bad? Like, and they, they know when they ask you, right? Like, hey, would you it. like to help sick children? I do it because I don't like change. Oh, I I very rarely do it because I'm an asshole Scrooge. Like, would you like to round know, up, you, would you like you to round up today like, when you're in the drive-thru of like a fast food place? Would you like to round up today for this? I'm like, no, not really. <laughs> I don't care about rounding up because I don't pay with cash. Right, well, they round up your, you know, your bill. I know, no, I know. But Aaron said he doesn't like change. Well, I don't pay for anything with cash. Well, I'm saying if it was a change donation where you drop a quarter in, I don't like change, so I'll throw change in because otherwise it's going to get lost under the seat anyway, and then it's gone forever. So, yeah, either way, it's fine. But here's the thing. I don't think people are really going to be like, you know who I want to help here at the register of the Skyline while I'm getting cheese conies? College athletes. I think that's, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I don't think there's the, the guilt uh, involved with those donations doesn't exist when it's, do you want to give your money to some UC football players? I don't know. That no, that, I'm good. I don't know that that dollar would stretch to what you actually need either. I mean, I'm sure they make a, a lot of money for those charities. Um, when you add up all the different, locations doing it i'm not dumping on your idea i'm 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 saying if you don't want me to talk about it don't ask the question i'm saying i don't like i think a lot of that stuff like would you like to help sick children fine right like would you like to help college athletes uh, make some extra money i just don't know that you're gonna get and i don't know the legality of it I, like i don't even know how they would I think you'd have a better chance of uh, if it's even legal, right? Like, if you had like a designated day where it was like, today, if you eat at Skyline, we've partnered with Cincy Rains, and one dollar, one dollar yeah. out of every order, we're going to give. You're like, not, like you're not asking the the merch, the person eating whether they want to or not. Skyline is saying, out of every, we're going to give. A dollar or ten yeah, percent. That's how like that's how like high school football teams raise money, right? And so they then it's on all of us to go eat at Skyline yes. on that day, and then so that we in in essence give to to the to the program. Right. I agree. I got like I said. I just I think they play on with those donations. They play on the sympathy card. Would you like to donate a dollar to kids with cancer at St. Jude's? Yes, fine. 
Oh, I, I, I take that back about Tyler Bowen. I could be con, con I could be swayed into being behind him as offensive coordinator because in 2021 he coached for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And I would like us to get into a position where we could talk to him about how messed up the 2021 season was with the Jacksonville Jaguars because I would strictly just like to hear the stories. <laughs> so now you're all in on Tyler now, Bowen. Now I might be all in on Tyler Bowen, offensive coordinator, just, for, just so I can hear the stories. I love it. I love it. Um, what do you? We talked about this the other night on the nightcap. I'm I'm interested in your thoughts, and maybe you guys hit on it on the brunch. I had time to watch about two thirds of it, but I didn't get to the whole thing. Do you think the bowl system is is in danger? The the current structure of the bowl system when the playoff expands. I mean, maybe a little bit, but um. It's kind of a I need to see it to believe it type thing. Like those damn bulls and their people have their tentacles so far deep into the sport that you always hear, yeah. you always hear, we have to maintain the integrity of the bowl system or we, you know, we have, and, and, every, and most fans are like, why? And it's not as much of a, uh, you know, boondoggle as it used to be. But ESPN owns more than half of the Bulls. Yes. And we can make fun of the Bulls all we want. People watch them. They rate. Now, they, the, the smaller ones and the week ones on the weekdays, like there's some tomorrow. I'm sure they don't get a great number. But guess what they're going to get? A way better number than anything else that's going on tomorrow afternoon normally on ESPN. Or anything else that's going on next, whatever Tuesday or Wednesday. I haven't looked at the you know the whole bowl schedule, but like they rate people watch them, so it's hard for me even with an expanded playoff to just see it like disappear. Yeah, disappearing like, is hard to believe. You're gonna see like way more opt outs, way more tr- right. Know, that was my like, next question. Stuff like that. Like if you. If, if you don't make the playoff starting in 2024, like you're even already seeing it like in the quote-unquote big bowl games, like the Tennessee-Clemson game. Tennessee hasn't made it to a bowl game. It's worth a shit, and who knows how long. you still got the two best wide receivers aren't playing. Clemson's, you know, one of Clemson's best defensive linemen and their best linebacker, who are both first-round picks, they're not playing. You know, so... And that's a big bowl game for Tennessee and probably not as big for Clemson. They've been to the playoff, you know, countless times, won national championship. But those are that's the Orange Bowl. We're not even talking about the Alamo Bowl or the you know holiday bowl, stuff like that. Yeah. So I mean, I, I've always looked at those games ever at least ever since the playoff started, is it's just kind of like they're fun little exhibitions and if guys want to play great if they don't great you know i i think it's i think it's funny to like be mad at a guy for not wanting to play in a an exhibition game that has no bearing on his season his next season you know things of that nature so what is more of a uh 
threat to the bowl system? Is it the playoff and the fact that now you're going to have 11 games that are, that are, that matter, you know, that are going to be stretched out over this longer period of time, three, four, five weeks, whatever it's going to be um, that eat into like what, you know, the way that the bowls were consumed or is it the opt-outs, the transfer portal, all of that stuff that makes it the gambling is almost impossible in this setting, right? Like, I think the, you know, I think you have the opt-outs and you have the portal, but I think a big thing is like, who the hell is going to want, what fans are going to really go to some of these games once the playoff right. starts? Right. Like, I sure, there's, already... there's, sure, there's going to be teams that have unexpected seasons and just miss out on the playoff or finish in the top 25 and their fans are still going to be super excited to go to a, a good bowl game. But, but like, if you finish 13th or 14th and you are in the SEC and or the Big Ten and, ha- and a bunch of your best players have now opted out because they're getting ready for the draft and you maybe didn't have the season that you had hoped for, and you're not going to the big bowl games anymore because the big bowl games are tied into the playoff, like the Orange Bowl, the Fiesta Bowl, the Peach Bowl. Those are all now going to be part of the playoff. So your top-of-the-line non-playoff bowl game is like the Citrus Bowl or, or something like that. The Outback Bowl. Like what fans are going to want to go to those games? Right. So I think that maybe is a big factor that may, I don't know if it's being discussed. I haven't really seen it, but you know, like last year, if you see if Oklahoma state wins the big 12 and UC doesn't make it, they're still going to a new year's six game. And we're still super pumped to go because we're 12, 13 and zero, and it's the best season ever. And we, we would have been more, we would have been disappointed that they didn't make the playoff, but people still would have traveled to go watch that team play. But now in a 12-team playoff, if you don't make it and Desmond Ritter doesn't play and Sauce Gardner doesn't play and, you know, stuff like that happens, or how many people are then going to now travel to watch them play the fourth best team from the Big Ten or something? Yeah. I think it's a, I think it's a challenge, man. I think it's a challenge. I think it... I mean, I would be totally cool if every bowl game outside of the playoff went away. Yeah. Because if the playoff takes on this persona of, like, this is all that matters, then what are we? why are we playing games with, like, six and six teams? And that brings me back to, like, the tentacles of the bowl games being in the system of college football is the kickbacks right. and, the, and the things of that nature and ESPN owning. They're not going to get – ESPN isn't going to just get rid of all of that programming. No, definitely not. Definitely not. Um, because like those, every bowl game will probably, I won't say every, but almost every bowl game will probably rate better 
than the best college, best regular season college basketball game on ESPN this year. Correct. So when you think about it like that, if you take all those away, <laughs> you know, they're losing a significant amount of, of eyeballs, of sponsorship dollars, of, you know, it's just, that's, I just can't see that happening. I can't either. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's going to be interesting to follow, I think, just because we're so used to it. But I, I do think there are some things that, like everything else in college sports right now, there's some stuff that's going to be changing. Like, I just, I don't know how 30 of these things survive. I just don't. Yeah. Who, who wants to watch six and six ACC versus six and six Big Ten? No well, shit. Tomorrow you have six and six Conference USA versus six and six MAC. But they, isn't it the Bahamas? Yeah. I'm in. But there's like another, I think there's two games tomorrow. There is two games tomorrow. Yeah, there is. Um, yeah, I, I just think there's, we're going to see some, we're going to see some upheaval. Yeah, you also have, oh, well, the other game's actually damn good. I'm UTSA versus Troy. Oh, that is a good one. Both 11 and two, both in the top 25, three o'clock on ESPN. But yeah, you, six and six Miami versus six and six UAB at 11 30 tomorrow morning. It'll, it's not gonna it'll, be... it'll get a great number because it's a college football game on at 11.30 in the morning. And it's the first bowl game and everybody will have it on, yeah. Uh, did I ever cross paths with Mike Leach? Unfortunately, no. I think Mike Leach and I would have been great friends. <laughs> I think Mike Leach is probably great friends with a lot of people. Yeah, just seemed like an interesting guy. I, I think we would have vibed. Do you, have a, do you have a favorite, leech. like, do you have a favorite, like, leech uh, thing, like, bit or thing that he's said or done? I, I do think my favorite is the one I heard from the 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 students, the two students at Washington State, like, that, that's come out over the past couple of days. They were two guys that just started a website, and they were just kind of like, hanging around trying to make a name for themselves and leach was kind of like hey who are you what are you about and they told him and he went to twitter and he shouted them out and put their little like hashtag that they had created for their company and one of them is like like a, a tv news reporter and the other one's a photographer for the mariners and they both said like if he wouldn't have done that for us like we were just you know 20-year-old slapdicks yeah. that were, like, hanging around media scrums trying to, to get some quotes to put on our website. And Leach, like, noticed that we were kind of, you know, misfits, kind of not with the pack, not with, like, the normal media horde, and, uh, and, and took him under his wing and gave him scoops and, like, you know, went out of his way while they were there to uh, – to turn them into something and they both like made careers out of it. Like that's, he's just a different dude, man. Like had a, had a, a weird brain that was probably smarter than everybody else in college football. 
And I think he's – I think – tell me if you agree with this, Dave. He got, a law think, degree, he got a law degree and never practiced law. Yeah. He got it just to get it. <laughs> he played lacrosse – rugby. Rugby. He wasn't even a football player. He's a rugby player. I think he is, to this era of football, what Bill Walsh was to the previous era of football. Oh, his coaching tree is absurd. Yeah, but I'm just talking about the innovation. Oh, like yeah. How he ch he changed offense in this era the way Bill Walsh changed offense in the West yeah. Coast offense mm -hmm. era. There was, there was he one, was that important. I, I mean, I've seen so many of them on Twitter. I don't remember who said it, but there was one story where, like, he basically was doing an interview, like, on the phone while going to the bathroom. Yeah. And then so, he ended up, like sitting there for like 45 minutes and just did the whole interview. Cause he didn't want to flush. He didn't, well, he just, he's like, yeah, I just didn't want to get up. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, I, I like the one where he talks about Halloween candy. And uh, if all of who would win a fight of all the pac 12 mascots. <laughs> that's it. That was, that's a good one. Did you read the card trick when he did? Mm-mm. He was meeting with like when he was at Tech, Texas Tech, was meeting with this like four star linebacker that was really, really good. And the kid comes in his office and Aaron says, I buried the lead on this. So I'll tell the, the first part of it this time. Kid walks in and sits down and Leach has got like a bike. You know how they put the little hooks up and you hang mm -hmm. the bikes up. He's got a bike hanging there. And the kid's like, you ride? Leach's like, Nash, nah, it looks cool. <laughs> <laughs> so he sits him down and he's like, look. We're going to do a magic trick, and if you get this right, you got to commit to Texas Tech. So he has a deck of 52 cards. He shuffles it up. He says, you tell me if it's red or black. Red goes in this pile. Black goes in this pile. And you know, red, black, black, red, red, black, black, red, 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 black, black, black. And at the end of it, all 52 cards in one deck, other deck, turns it over. All red in one side, all black on the other. The kid committed to Nebraska. Like, don't you <laughs> like you gotta commit to him at that point, don't you? I mean, you said you said you if you agree to it, sure. Yeah. And and what I want to know is how you got it right, like number wise, right? Like well, that's why it's a magic trick, isn't it? I guess, yeah. But what if you know what if I had 27 to 25? Then there would have to be one card that was off. Anyhow, um, I don't have a ton else. Short and sweet this week. Yeah, only an no, hour and no. a half. I know that'll that'll make some people very happy. <laughs> no, oh, John Getty says Breeze Airline is cheap. Maybe that can get you to South Carolina. <laughs> Maybe put my life in my own hands there. Maybe you might have to like run in the hamster wheel, make it, <laughs> make it go. Yeah, but uh, you know, we're uh, we have another recruiting weekend, although we're not getting very much uh, details on it. So we need our best Twitter sleuths. Yeah, get to work. Get to work. Make it happen. Figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so we'll we'll see how that goes. Obviously, signing day is next Wednesday. 
Could be some surprises. Uh, you know. Might any, not be. I don't know. Anything will be more of a surprise than than uh, we're, three than years. we're used to. Yeah. So we will obviously have that covered um, throughout the day. Maybe, I don't know, is there a basketball game next Wednesday? Yes. Oh, okay. So let's say maybe we go live at some point to discuss some things if need yeah. be. If anything pops up, I think we'll definitely be able to go live. I generally, about four o'clock, I have to start getting, you know, geared up to, to head over to uh, the arena. So anything before that, maybe we can pop in if, if something exciting happens, but if not, we'll, we'll be here on Thursday to recap everything and get a look at where this class is at and kind of refocus as we, uh, we focus on the transfer portal and how this roster is going to be built. Discuss, I'm sure, you know how this works. There'll probably be some portal entrance after the bowl game. Yeah, uh, I would be. I would be pretty be the norm for everywhere. I'd be pretty surprised if that. Yeah, if there weren't some more guys that jumped in the portal after the bowl game. Yeah. So we'll see. But that's uh, that's the show for this week. Thanks to Aaron for producing. Thanks to Brennix for her help behind the scenes. He's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. It's the BCJ Podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail right here on BearcatJournal.com.